Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66. Start your journey home today. Well-rounded Bible teaching around the clock. On the way, 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The details of the third temple comes down to the color red. We're on red alert with Russia, Iran, and Israel, and all those missiles flying around. And how about all those vaccine needles flying around? Will taking the vaccine no longer be a choice? Omega Church is choosing Facebook, and can you choose to resurrect the dead through artificial intelligence? That's just some of what we'll talk about as we discuss the Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, July 30th, 2021. Along with Mark Kirk, the senior pastor of Calvary Knoxville, I'm Greg Hilt, here to let you know that you can enjoy Signs of the Times anytime by downloading the Way Media app or visiting thewaymedia.net. And today's broadcast will transform into Podcast 178, where you can subscribe through Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. And you'll be happy to know we do not use artificial intelligence to create our podcasts. And some might even say we don't use any intelligence, but that is a debate for another program. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment. No, no comment as we, as, as we like to hear during press conferences. Yes. Yes. No, no comment. Welcome to the program, Pastor Mark. Good to be here, man. Excited about I, today. I know you are. We are, too. Uh, it's just kind of neat to see how the Holy Spirit produces our programs from week to week. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a man man uh, plans his ways, but God orders his steps. Yes, he does. As the Bible yes, says. So that's kind of how we're stepping today. Yeah. You've got mail. This is our Truth in 10 segment, where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less. And this question comes from Sean, who listens to us in Denver, Colorado. He says, is there any scriptural support saying that when the Antichrist causes all to receive the mark, that he will be overtly visible as the one causing the mark to be mandated? That is, one person causing it and not just a world system causing it. And will people have full disclosure as to what they are taking and know slash realize it is the mark of the beast, or is it possible they will not know initially? As I think you mentioned previously, if Satan caused a third of the angels to fall, how much deception will be involved in the mark, and how do we know it isn't already being started? Yeah. Great questions, Sean. They are great questions and good clarifiers. Yeah, Yeah, good clarifiers for all of us. First of all, um, the first question there, is it possible to receive this uh, in, a, in a way that's not clearly the Antichrist directing it and leading it? That's not possible biblically. Uh, the Bible very clearly says that the Antichrist himself will be the one. He will instigate the mark after he takes power. Remember, this is something that we've been talking about in recent shows, Greg, that's important for our listeners to realize, which is why watching what's happening in the world events unfold is so important. The world system has to be in place before he comes on the scene, which means that the, the, either the 10 nations ruling or the 10 regions, however this is going to pan out, then he's got to rise up and take over these three of these nations, yank them down, these leaders, and they'll be just, again, he is the head, he'll be the eighth, there'll be seven nations, but he'll be the eighth head as the leader over all of it. So it's kind of a strange combination of the Antichrist with the world system combined there we see in Revelation 13. Um, and then once he's in place, he will make everyone small and great. It uses the word he. It gives it a personal pronoun. He will make everyone small or great, take a mark on their hand or their forehead. And so 
Uh, it's For our be Bereans a, out there, what what where can they turn in the Bible to start reading this? Revelation thirteen. Okay. Yeah, Revelation thirteen tells all about it, gives details. Now, and and the pronouns. Now, what's again to note here? What's interesting is so so what is happening? And we'll get to the other questions. So what is yeah. happening with the the vaccine? Remember the overall picture of this vaccine, which is not really a part of your question, but I want to uh, to bring this in because it's part of it, it is a part of the question underlying as far as I think some questions that could be out there from this, Sean. And that is the overall thing that's happening right now with the worldwide vaccine is it's conditioning the world to all participate in one main event for the good of the world. Okay, we all are saying take the vaccine for the good of the world, for the good of mankind. We all have to work together. We're in this together. How many commercials have you seen? We're in this together. So it's this whole mindset. Come on, guys, we're doing this and and we're non-loving if we don't. We're loving if we do. And you're painted. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of whatever. So. This is now being put in place. Then when he shows up on the scene and the world is now under this new power control structure, he can introduce this new device that is going to be for the good of the world that you either put on your hand or your forehead. And and we're conditioned. We go, yeah, we've been through this. We've seen that we do need to participate as a world to make this happen. So we're going to participate to make it happen. So um, it's going to be something that's going to take place. Now, getting to another question here, is it possible that it could be you know somebody deceived and maybe even take it and not know it until later? I don't believe so. I do believe there will be obviously a deception, a blinding deception. It might even be what the Bible calls the lie. We don't know for sure what the lie is. It talks about the lie. Mm. Personal, um, um, uh, uh, what is the word for the, not personal pronoun. The is a indicator. It is a, ah, my English is gone. It'll hit me in a minute. But it's not any, it's not some, it's the. So it gives it a, a very direct thing. The lie. So it's not just any lie. It's not a group of lies. Why am I saying that? It may be the lie. There could be something else that's the lie, and it could be wrapped into a larger the lie. But the point is simply this. God says, because it condemns your soul to eternal hell if you take the mark, there is no way that God's going to let somebody be tricked into taking that. Um, he's going to let everyone know. And he, and he gives one way for sure we know he's going to do that, Greg. He says he's going to send angels flying around the earth saying, don't take the mark. Don't follow the beast. This is not of God. So he literally will send angels to warn mankind so that mankind doesn't unknowingly condemn themselves by taking this mark. That's why the mark can't be this vaccine. That's why the mark can't be something secret. It's going to be something the whole world knows. You're going to know. If I take this mark, I'm doing something that I've been warned by the angels circling the earth not to do. And I'll tell you something else. You know, you brought this up, Greg, right before the show. When is the timing of the mark? We don't know. But I lean the same way you do, Greg, and that is toward mid-tribulation when he declares that he's God. And I reason I, one of the main reasons I believe that is because when he declares that he's God, this is going to be his name you're taking. It's going to be his number, the mark of his name. You're saying, if I take this mark, I'm acknowledging him as my God. I'm taking his name on me, whereas even now we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, which is the name of God written on us, those of us that know Christ. So God's going to make it evident by the angels, and then God will make it evident by who this man says he is. I'm God. Take my mark. Take my name. And the angels, if you do that, you're toast eternally. So something so serious when it comes to eternity, eternity, I think God's going to make known to the world. Mm. It would appear from the angels and and I think probably from the timing of when the mark is given. And so I think when you take that mark, you're going to realize, well, it's going to be this kind of thing. Well, I don't believe all that. I don't think I'll be condemned. you'll, You'll know the truth, but you'll ignore it. That's a possibility. But as far as not knowing it, I think everybody's going to know what they're doing. Um, because I don't think that God would just unwittingly and unknowingly just say, you know what, I'm going to let you all be condemned when you don't know what you're doing. Uh, we look at the example of even Jonah when he went to speak to Nineveh. God says at the very end of the fourth chapter of, of the book of Jonah, he says, am I just going to let those who don't even know their left hand from their right hand be condemned? Mm. Am I going to wipe them out? No, Jonah, yeah. that's wrong. I can't do that. I'm the God. And Abraham makes that argument. You're the God of all righteousness. You wouldn't take out the righteous with the unrighteous, would you? And God says, no. So there will be some way it's going to be revealed. Do not take this mark or you're doomed. And I think everybody will know it, and I think it will be implemented specifically by an individual, as it tells us there uh, in Romans 13. Now, let me make sure that I get Revelation to all the, 13. Revelation, thank you. Revelation yeah. 13. I was looking at my article. Did we get sure. to all the questions here? I want to make sure that I answered everything in the question. Uh, yeah, you talked about the deception part, and then he says, how do we know it isn't already being started? Okay, here's how we know it isn't already being started. Again, I believe the conditioning has started. That is, we are being conditioned to go along with a mass event. So the conditioning has begun. The headwinds of the storm have arrived. Yes. But we'll know when the mark takes place, when he, the particular uh, uh, individual, the world leader, is going to say, now it's time, 
take the mark, and it won't be an option. See, today it's like, okay, we may mandate, we may not mandate. Even if we mandate, the states may not make you. It's not going to be that way when he does it. When he's he does gonna, it. He will have world control totalitarianism, and he's going to say, you will take the mark, and we're coming to get you. And if you don't take the mark, it may initially be prison. It may not. We know that ultimately it will mean death. He'll be executing people that do not take the mark of the beast, and so you're going to see mass executions, maybe some imprisonments. We'll have to wait and see, which, interestingly enough, they're already talking about, literally, some of our officials now are saying, for those who won't take the vaccine, we need to have camps that we put them in. If that's their choice, they have to live there, and we lock them up to protect the rest of society. I mean, that kind of talk's coming from some of our top leadership. Mm-hmm. And there, it's, it's that gulag type stuff. We're yeah. talking about like, like prison camps. Yeah. And when I hear that kind of people go, oh, I don't take that serious. That's just some politician. Well, you know what? It is just a politician. <laughs> but listen, when our leaders start saying stuff like that, it's only a step away from somebody going, hey, that's not a bad idea. Let's lock those pastors up. Let's that's lock it. those people up. And God will protect us if that happens. But again, we have to realize this is the world we live in. You know, so, um, again, I, great question, Sean. I hope that answers your question. Uh, I do believe everyone will know. I don't think there's going to be any question about it. And I would just say, you know, for every uh, uh, believer, we need to make up our mind. Are we going to live for Christ or not? And we make a stand. Now, the good news is this. Let me finish with this. The good news is this. I do not believe, based on Scripture, that any believer will face this situation except for those who miss the rapture. The rapture will take place before the mandate for the mark is put into place. But after the rapture, there will be, Revelation tells us, multitudes of believers getting saved. After the rapture, people that heard about it, didn't agree to it, didn't believe in it, they'll be getting saved. And so they now have a decision to make. And that'll be if you have family members who don't know Christ and they miss the rapture, they're going to have to decide, am I going to take the mark or not take the mark? And there's going to be a lot that don't take the mark that will be put to death through their faith. And it tells us in Revelation, we'll see them in heaven before the throne of God saying, how long until you, you know, uh, avenge us for what happened to us on the earth? So that's what's coming to a planet near you. And I don't remember if Revelation 13 talks about this, but I know that in some parts when the judgments are happening, uh, the people that are marked with God's seal right. are spared. Correct. Uh, well, you're talking about a reference to prophetically. I have to look yeah. it up real quick. In okay. the Old Testament, remember, God brought judgment on Jerusalem, yeah. and he sent an angel to go put a mark on all the believers that they wouldn't be judged. Yeah. And then he said, those who don't have that mark, judge them. But that's that's kind of a different thing. That's, okay. Greg, that was before the seal of the Holy Spirit was given. See, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the, they didn't have, the Holy Spirit wasn't yet given. So God literally went and put his mark on the believers there in Jerusalem to seal them with his mark. So that when the angels came to judge, almost like with Passover, when they saw the blood, they passed over the houses. Well, this was the mark that was on the believers. So the the angels passed over them, let them live, and killed everyone else. Well, now, believers, all of us, we give our life to Christ. We have the seal of the Holy Spirit, the name of the living God written on our forehead. That excites me to death. It does. It's just like glowing. Jesus, I love it. And it's on there. The enemy knows that he hates it, but we're protected. The world doesn't have that protection. They're not vaccinated from the judgment of God. We are vaccinated from the judgment of God, and you don't need a shot, and there's no side effects. It's just receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, And so so I think that what you're going to see again is those who get um, the mark of the Father on them after the rapture. He'll protect them uh, spiritually, but, Greg, they'll still die physically. Uh, there's uh, Sean, there's uh, uh, several verses that really, and, and I'll just give you a few of them, that really talk about God's seal on the Christian. And I think that's good for all of us to read and remember, because as Pastor Mark said, it's a great encouragement. Uh, John 6, 27, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, Revelation chapter 7, verses 3 and 4, and Revelation chapter 9, verse 4, are just some of the scripture verses that talk about God's seal on his kids. And, uh, and, and, and again, there, it's, it's, it's a, it's a seal that we don't understand. We believe that it is his name or, or, or some, or a name that we don't know, uh, that's, that's on there. Right. Um, but that's the, that's the whole reason why it says in Revelation, those that take the mark of the beast will not inherit the kingdom because that mark and again, we know Satan's the great imitator, great mocker. That mark is a symbol of allegiance eternally. Yeah, you're taking his name. You're, you're taking his Satan's name, name. And, and you're done. I mean, that's an eternal decision that's being made. That's right. And uh, and so anyway, so that's why God takes it so seriously. And like you said earlier, Pastor Mark, that's why God is even going to send the angels yeah. 
the circle of the earth. Revelation 14. The you can final read that warning. Revelation 14. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway. no one will have excuse. And God is not going to leave anyone. We're not going to be able to stand before the Lord on that day and say, I, I didn't know. Oh, yes, you did know. And if you're too young to know, God says he'll cover that. But for those of us that are old enough to know, we're, we're accountable to God. Yeah. Sean, great question. Thanks for sending that in to us. If you've got a question like Sean, we invite you to visit thewaymedia.net or the Way Media app. Just go to the Signs of the Times section, and you can submit your prophecy question or even a regular Bible question as well. Pastor Mark is a regular pastor as well as a prophecy pastor. So anyway, he just specializes in prophecy. So we call him a prophetologist. Regular pastor. Uh, yes. a, a prophetologist, yes. All right. All right, let's get into some articles, because we've got many today. Uh, And the first one, Pastor Mark, comes from Israel365news.com. I'll tell you what, when when you read the Old Testament and you read uh, God's uh, details of how the temple's to be built and everything in the temple, there's just detail, detail, detail. Not just the building, but with the priest and the the instruments of the sacrifices, and just, it goes on and on. Well, here's another one that's coming up that we really haven't talked about very much. The red heifer is one that we have talked about, but... Infrequently, this one I don't know that we've ever really talked about, and this talks about the manufacturing of a unique red dye for the third temple, and that the fact that that manufacturing has begun. What is the significance of the red dye? Yes, before we get into it, let me tell yeah. you about the purple dye. And then oh, we'll get is there to the a purple dye. one too? There's okay. the purple dye that comes from a, a, a basically a snail in the ocean. Very rare. Uh, you got to find the snails. You got to crush it. You got to produce it. They couldn't make purple the way we do today with colors and dyes. So they literally found it from an animal there in the ocean, and it was what kings wore. That's why when it said Jesus said, you know, who you're looking for with John the Baptist, a man who's wearing king's robes. Well, he meant those that were in purple dye and things like that because it was like so expensive, so rare. Only kings wore it. Only very wealthy people, the billionaires of the world, millionaires would wear the purple. You know. And they use that for um, some of the, the, the garments of Israel and, and, and garments, you know, that happened with the kings. This is a red, or really, now what they're finding, Greg, what they believe is a more of an orangey fire uh, rather than red, more of an orange kind of fire color, if you will, because uh, Josephus, who was a, a Jewish historian back in the day of Christ, said that it was an orangey fire color, and now the the um, the insects they're finding now that they're getting from is an orangey kind of color fire, so not really a red, but they call it a red dye. Let me just read some of it. Again, on Sunday, a woman went out to collect tiny insects that once a year, again, these are rare too, just like the um, you know those in the ocean, produce a flame-colored dye that was used in the temple. Now, why this is important, remember, one of the last day signs of the times is the rebuilding of the third temple. We talked last week about the Jews now being back on the temple mount and allowed to pray and to be on the temple mount. That's a new development. It's been happening over the years, but not to the extent it is now. So we're seeing a move by the Jews back to the Temple Mount, a move, a desire by the Jews to be back on the Temple Mount. We're hearing more talk about the Third Temple being rebuilt, and now we're seeing the materials. We know they've already built the implements, the shovels, the pans, all these things that are needed for the Temple they've already built. Um, and now they're needing more of the, the clothing, the special wools, and all these things. This is where this comes in. So we're marching toward one of the major signs of the times in the last days, the implementing of the third temple and everything needed to make it work. And that's where this crimson wool comes in. Bringing back the temple service, it says, requires attention to the multitude of details described in the Bible in the, in the Tola'at Shani. Is usually translated as crimson wool, but the actual term refers to the worm, which is the source of the dye used for the temple curtain, as well as garments for the high priest. And I quote, as for the uh, Mishkan, uh, make it of ten strips of cloth, uh, make these of fine twisted linen of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, with a design of cherubim worked into them, Exodus 26.1. Exodus 39.2, the ephod was made of gold, this for the priest, the high priest, was made of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarn. See the purple there from the from the snail, the crimson uh, coming from this other uh, uh, worm, if you will, from trees, fine twisted into the linen, Exodus 39.2. It was also uh, added to the ashes of the red heifer for purifying lepers or what they call scales disease. Now, this is interesting, Greg, because we talked about the red heifer last week. So they would take ashes of the red heifer, a perfect red heifer, and they burn it, and then they take those ashes and they mingle them in the water that the priests cleanse with to do their ritual uh, rituals in the temple. They have to be ritually cleansed by the sacrifice of this heifer and his ashes. I didn't realize till today in this article, I'd never heard that they also mix this worm, 
this crimson red is mixed into the ashes of the heifer in the water. I never knew that. So this is kind of a new revelation to me, which is kind of cool. Um, but it also is mixed into the water of the red heifer. So this would be not, you know, we talk about the importance of the red heifer, but this also means you also have to have that worm die with the red heifer or you can't cleanse the priests. So this is another very, very significant and important element for the, for the uh, sacrifices beginning and the rituals at the temple. Uh, we've studied in times past and we use numerology the bible clearly uses numbers in scripture right to give us indications of things they mean things like seven is the number of completion or perfection number eight is the number of new beginnings Correct. so on and so forth colors in scripture pastor Mark. yes what what are some of the significance of these colors? Yeah, colors have very specific meanings in Scripture as well. I mean, for example, blue represents the sky, purple represents kingly, gold represents kingly, um, silver represents blood, uh, red color. Um, so silver the, represents blood. Silver, yes, which is interesting because interesting. in the undergirding of everything built in the temple and the tabernacle, and the, rather the tabernacle, all the undergirdings of every foundation in it had to be lined with silver. Isn't that beautiful when you realize Interesting. the blood of Christ, Christ is the, the foundational foundation. undergirding wow. of everything to do with our worship of God. Wow. See, that kind of stuff starts just exploding off the yes. pages when you understand that. Yeah. But yes, the colors have very specific meanings. By the way, sidetrack, and I'll get right back, but I want yeah. to think it's important. Um, God protects these numbers and these things, even making Satan kind of reveal himself. For example, the number nine is the number of Satan. Number 13 is the number of rebellion. You look at when, when Satan, when uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar built the statue, it was 90 by 90 by 90. <laughs> um, and you see all these things. God does that to identify. Now, why yeah. is that interesting? You know, the rainbow flag now and the whole um, same-sex uh, movement or whatever. Yeah. Okay, God's rainbow has seven colors, which is the number of completion of God's creation, God's design. The rainbow flag only has six, which is the number of man. Man, wow. Now, I, they, I guarantee you they have no idea. Yeah. But God doesn't let it happen. I didn't God, even know that count the rings. Yeah. God specifically puts things in a way for those with eyes to see. He says, I'm making a statement. This is man's movement. It's wrong. It's of the flesh. Here's my movement. Complete is seven. My rainbow represents my promise to earth and mankind that I won't flood it again. Their promise is something that has nothing to do with me. And I'm, he's not even letting them use it. Wow. See, I, this kind of stuff I love. It blows my mind, but I love it. Um, but you talk about numbers. Well, in the article, Greg, it goes on as far as the red heifer and the purifying and all this. It says in Numbers 19.6, the Kohen shall take cedar wood, hyssop, crimson, which is where we get from this worm, and throw them into the fire consuming the cow. So all that goes into the heifer and goes into the mixture for the priest of the cleansing. Orna Horsberg, a resident of Itamar in Samaria, or Ithamar in your Bibles, has dedicated herself to bringing back this necessary component of the temple as part of the temple-related work that is specific to women. Notice this. This is a temple-related job for the women to do. So this woman in Itamar, Israel, saying, I'm going to go out and get this. We don't have it yet. So I'm going to go out and help the temple get ready. She's starting to collect these worms and get the dye because she knows what the Bible says. They're not even doing it on the temple mat as far as I know. And they're, when they get to it, they're going to go, oh, we need this. And she's going to go, ta-da. Isn't this amazing how God works? This is the time. And they may be doing something in the Temple Institute. I, I, would, I would find it hard to think they're not. Maybe she's working in conjunction with them. But sure. the article goes on. This is the time of year that Hirschberg goes out to harvest the insect, uh, which are found on oak trees. She boils the insects along with threads, which absorb the color leached from the insects. So now you get the threads of the colors for the garments. She then soaks the threads in vinegar in preparation for use. The process is time-consuming and difficult. The insects are difficult to see and produce a small quantity of dye. But Hirschberg is optimistic, and I quote, I think one day we will wake up, and there will be suddenly one day a huge amount of insects that produce a large amount of dye, she told Israel 365 News. That will be a sign that the third temple is about to be built. So, What's exciting is to watch how God is orchestrating all the things necessary for the temple worship to begin, and the talk of the third temple has begun. Uh, whether you like the new leader of Israel or not, he's talking about the third temple being rebuilt. I've been seeing that in the news lately. Uh, Jews are going back up there to pray. Everybody's getting saying, hey, we need to, and, and, and believe it or not, the Arab community is not having a, a hissy fit. They're saying, you know, yeah, we don't really like it, but they, they can come up and pray. They're kind of staying quiet. The Palestinians locally are mad, and they're throwing yeah, rocks. They're yeah. doing their normal thing. But the other Arab leaders of other countries are like, you know, that's not essential. That's our third holiest site. That's their first holiest site. The fact that they're even recognizing that, yeah, too. Yeah, you know, back to your song, why can't yeah. we be friends? Yes. So it's, it's 
remember, it's all marching toward the third temple and all the pieces are falling into place that will need to be there, Greg. So when it's time to pull the trigger, it's going to happen. And remember, when the Antichrist gives them permission to rebuild their third temple, they say they can build it in six months. And it's interesting, the Bible says that when the third temple worship begins again, that for 220 days prior to the temple being finished, there'll be sacrifices on the temple mount. That's about six months by a 360-day calendar, which is what prophetically we run on. Yeah. What's interesting, what that means is, Greg, all they have to do is go up to the temple mount when they get permission, build an altar, immediately that day start offering the morning and evening lamb and the sacrifices, while in the background, the construction of the third temple begins. And that's what the Bible says is going to happen. Really cool. Now, let's dive into something that only those that have studied this are going to get. So most people are going to go, what is he talking about? When that happens... What do you think the probability is that they make the sacrifices at the Dome of the Spirits? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be there, Greg. I okay. Think, well, because, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In my mind, I heard Dome of the Rock. No, Dome um, of the Spirits. I, I, I would... S- Which we think is the physical position yeah. of where the most holy of holies, yeah. where the Ark of the Covenant would be, in that third temple. I think that's where the Holy of Holies is going to end up, not the sacrifice. Okay, just checking. No, I think toward the front. If you picture that, yeah, around, those of you that have front. been to Israel, yep. or let's say you're on the temple. So most people that are listening right now, you've seen a picture of the Temple Mount. You've seen the Dome of the Rock. So picture that Dome of the Rock in your mind. You're looking at that picture from the... That's it's like the, a gazebo up yeah, there. Yeah, and, and the picture you're looking at is from the Mount of Olives. You're looking from the east toward the west, and there's the dome in front of you. Now, go over to your right in your mind. There's a huge vacant multi-sized acre area over there with nothing on it toward the back of that huge section is a thing they call the dome of the spirits where many believe uh is where the actual uh temple was built and where the uh, holy of holies was where the ark was placed we don't know but they believe that i think that's very possible now if you come back toward the front of the temple mount kind of equal to the dome of the rock and maybe a little bit in front of it that's where the um altar would have been so they put the altar there, maybe equal to the Dome of the Rock, put the altar there, and you have your court areas in front of that where you enter into the courts, the women's court, the men's court, all that. And then there's your altar once you got in past the men's court where you had the sacrifices. I believe in that frontal part to the right of the Temple Mount, uh, to the right of the Dome of the Rock, is where they will build the uh, um, an altar. They'll start a morning and evening sacrifice. I think when the Antichrist allows it at the beginning of the seven years, their sacrifices, their tabernacle sacrifices, their Passover sacrifices, it'll all begin While behind them, they'll be building the temple, and behind the temple, at the very back of the temple, is where the Dome of the Spirits is, where they'll put, I don't know if they're going to find the ark and have it hidden as some rumors say, and bring it and place it back in there, or just do it like they did in Jesus' day, and call it the Holy of Holies where the high priest goes in. Remember, in Jesus' day, they did not have the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was taken captive in the days of Jeremiah by Babylon, and we've never seen it since. So they were doing all the sacrifice or all the worship sessions when Jesus was there without the Ark of the Covenant. So why they think they have it now and they're going to bring it out now when they didn't have it then, I don't know. But some say they do. We'll find out. But that's kind of the layout. I think that's going to happen. You know, interesting when we talk about the Ark of the Covenant um, and that it's purported that Israel has it. Yeah. You would think that you if you've got something like that you would want to boast about it. So is there some godly wisdom going on? Is it God holding them back? What What would you surmise, because you understand the culture over yeah. there very well, what would you surmise would happen if Israel were to say, hey, guess what, we've got the ark, and here's where it's at, and here's a video of it? Well, here's what's interesting. Let me tell you why they say they won't mention anything about it. Okay. World War III. Oh, okay. They believe if they say they have the ark... All the Arab countries are going to attack Israel and everyone mm. else saying, because now you've got the ark, that's going to prove you're really there, and now you're going to try to rebuild your temple. We're coming to kill you and stop you, so they're afraid of war. Now, here's what's interesting. Some of the things that President Trump did didn't come to war. They said, if you if you bring like the American embassy there, if you allow Israel yeah. to go up and pray on the temple, right. they're doing those things, and guess what happened? Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. We, so so they're, hmm. see, they're seeing now, Greg, you know what? Maybe introducing the ark and the ashes and all that, maybe it won't cause war. They may be bolder later on to say, we have it. It's all the more reason we should now rebuild it. The world's not freaking out. Maybe they'll accept it. So they've gone from, I think it's war, to maybe it won't be war. And I kind of think they're going back and forth like a slinky right now, waiting to see what's going to happen. But they they may very well reveal they have it if they do, if the opportunity to rebuild the third temple comes up, which would give a huge national push to go, let's do this thing. And the world would go, come on, let them do it. They found their ark. <laughs> the Arabs don't seem to care that much. Everybody get along. The one world leader will be bringing peace. 
uh, probably radical Islam is slightly is greatly diminished because of Ezekiel 38 and 39 by that time. And I think the world's going to accept it. So we'll see. But that's kind of the layout of what it appears is happening. You know, it's interesting if you think about the Ark of the Covenant and if that would to spark World War III. I'm wondering if the revealing of the Ark could be one of the things that might be used if it is used. Uh, to bring on Ezekiel 38 yep, we'll see. 39. Yep, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, interesting and a great segue because we're going to talk about Ezekiel 38 and 39 and some stories from that prophecy plus other things as Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. We'll be right back. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville It's Crazy Money Day Today's story is about a parking lot I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown Foundation for Life bought a parking lot across the street from Toledo, Ohio's only abortion facility The lot was bought for half its asking price because the previous owner believed that human life is sacred Now, sidewalk counselors can legally minister to women who park in that lot Financial insecurity is a real concern for women facing an unplanned pregnancy. They face three choices, parenting, adoption, or abortion. My desire is that they consider the first two options, but they need emotional support. Healthy relationships grant hope and stability to pregnant women contemplating their future and that of a child. At Crown.org, we offer hope to the hopeless by providing a variety of online resources and budget coaching. Other organizations, churches, and communities offer help as well. See where you can get involved. You may not be able to buy a parking lot, but you can help in other ways. Offer your skills and resources to your church or a pregnancy resource center. Ask the Lord for insight and recruit the help of others. Many simply just need to be asked. Show women how to create a budget how to cut expenses, how to earn an income. Temporary housing, education, and medical care will reduce fear and grant dignity. You can impact women and babies for eternity. Remember, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. God works through willing hearts. Let's make a difference by saving lives. If credit card debt limits your generosity, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan that will work for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. You want to be real careful of chasing after this new thing and that new thing and oh it's so exciting and oh everybody's into it and oh it's the brand new book oh that's what the TV shows are talking about that seems to be exciting me it's always there at the end cap at the store and the bookstores and it just seems so exciting and instead of going to the Word of God you go somewhere else you need to have the old gate fixed and established in your life Everything in our lives is filtered through the Word of God, not the other way around. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, July 30th, 2021, episode 178, I think 178, yeah, 178. I'm Greg Hilt, your host, Pastor Mark Kirk, our pastor, and you, the listener, we have the perfect ingredient to ingredients rather to finish our show and so let's get into ezekiel 38 and 39 uh let's see here the first article pastor mark is from timesofisrael.com where russia says its air defense systems in syria intercepted israeli missiles um Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Explain what this means prophetically. Well, yeah, I mean, it would appear that they did. Israel's not denying it, and and they have the ability to do it. But what it does, Greg, it really shows a shift in the world's attitude. I would say Russia, Iran, 
uh, Israel and the United States' attitude to further uh, push forward the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. And I'll explain that more as we get into it. Russian anti-aircraft artillery systems in Syria intercepted a number of missiles launched by Israel in airstrikes this week in an area southeast of Aleppo, according to Russian, a Russian military official. The strikes were reported to have killed senior Hezbollah and Israeli, Iranian fighters. Vadim Kulit, deputy chief of the Russian Center for Reconciliation of the Opposing Parties of Syria, told the Russian news agency TASS on Tuesday that Israel fighter jets fired eight guided missiles on Monday, seven of which were intercepted. I mean, that's a lot. Um, both self-propelled systems, medium-range surface-to-air missile and anti-aircraft systems. The comments came amid a new report on Saturday that Russia has run out of patience with Israel. That's interesting. In Syria and is planning a shift in its policies toward Israel's sorties over the country. According to the London-based Arabic newspaper uh, Arshark al-Assad, which cited an unnamed, well-informed Russian source. Now, normally I wouldn't pay that much attention to that, but it goes on. This is, I've seen in more than one article what it says here later. Earlier Saturday, uh, Aswat cited an unnamed Russian source saying that following talks with Washington, Moscow has gotten the impression... And I quote that Washington does not welcome the continuous Israeli raids. Now note that. We'll come back to that. And thus believes it has the freedom to act more aggressively to thwart them. In light of this, the Russians were now supplying Syrian forces with more advanced anti-missile systems and know-how, making them more capable of shooting down Israeli armaments, the report said. Here's the bottom line. It would appear they are shooting down some Israeli uh, artillery or, or guided missiles now, which they've not been doing. They've been letting Israel go in and defend themselves by stopping the you know, missile shipments, uh, certain things that could be a threat to the nation. Greg, this is huge. Israel's been able to do this. Now Russia's saying, no, we're not going to let you do this anymore. And part of the reason they're saying that is because, guess what? We wanted you to stop doing it, but we went along with it because we thought America was wanting you to do it. And we don't want to get in a fight with America. They're a big, you know, they're big, strong like we are. So we'll just kind of let you do these. We'll make a big deal of it. It's not affecting us. We'll keep that between you and Syria. But now they're saying, hey, the guys from Israel, the new administration, or the guys from America, the new administration are saying, you know, we don't really want Israel firing missiles into Syria, even if they're defending themselves. We, we just really don't want them doing that. And Russia's like, oh, okay. All right, well, then you know what? We're not going to let you. We have the missile systems. We'll stop you. America won't be mad at us. And here's what kills me. America is being a part of allowing uh, Israel to not defend themselves, which, again, goes directly against God's word. We've talked about that. Those, stand with, those who stand with Israel will be blessed. Those who don't will be cursed. So now we're seeing with the new administration a further turning against Israel, which we know they already don't like Israel. But there's a further turning against Israel, which is huge from a national scale. Russia is getting bold to now block them. Israel, here's the bottom line. Israel has to stop the bad guy. I don't care who's in control, who's in power. Doesn't matter. Uh, we have to stop the bad guy or we get killed. So this is life and death here, okay? Because if Russia or America says, if you do that, we're going to blow you up. I don't care. We're going to get blown up by Syria if we know. I mean, we have to stop them. Iran will blow us up. They're going to get a nuclear weapon. So here's what's happening. Uh, Israel will defend itself. They will do something. It'll make Russia matter. America won't like it. Um now we're and, and this could again be the catalyst to push things more toward the Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine war. Greg, they're talking now about reports out today, and we may have it in here, but I've been reading so much I won't go long on it in case we have it. But there are reports out today saying that as far as um uh, the attacks against uh, 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 Israel with America and, and Russia coming in, that Iran, I mean rather, building the bomb, they're so close that Israel, they say, very soon may have to go attack their nuclear plants. Now, if Israel goes and attacks their nuclear plants, what do you think is going to happen without American support, without Russian support, without their approval? I mean, th again, these are the kind of things that could force the Ezekiel 38-39 war to take place. Keep well, your eye on all that. Well, that segues into our next article, Pastor Mark, because this is from Israel Today, uh, where Israel is extremely worried about Russia in Iran. What a headline. Just let that soak in for yeah, a minute. Just, yeah. I mean, yes, and why are they worried? Because they see what's happening. Israel has reason to be concerned, the article says, about a possible turnaround by Russian airstrikes or over airstrikes against Iranian targets in Syria, and even more so about developments of Iran's nuclear program. Has Israel's freedom of action against Iran's military buildup in Syria come to an end, the article says? Lebanese media, such as Beirut-based Morningstar, reported on Monday, July 26th, that there is indeed an increase in Israeli activity in Lebanon airspace. This could be heard from northern Israel. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, is now with Russia cracking down on Israel defending itself, with the buildup now of the nuclear program in Iran, 
This is a matter of survival. You know, this is, this is not, like, it doesn't matter how strong your enemy is. If you do nothing, you die. If you do something, you may die. So what do you do? You know what I would do? I would do something, and I may die. But if I do something, I may live. So they're going to act. They're going to respond. And the question is, how's the rest of the world going to respond? And when is it going to make Russia and Iran say, that's it, we're coming after you? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that this is, I mean, this, this is really just going to lead us into the Ezekiel War. So we expect this to do nothing but, uh, you know, heat up. Escalate. Yeah, yeah you're to, right. to you're escalate. Right. All right, now let's come back to America for some articles. Uh, Pastor Mark, I'm going to give both of these first two articles to you at the same time. Okay. Because they kind of dovetail one into the other. And this all has to do with the quote-unquote vaccine. Uh, the first one is from theblaze.com, where it says healthcare workers must get forced jabs, according to medical groups. And the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs from businessinsider.com becomes the first federal agency, apparently, to require healthcare workers to get vaccinated. Yeah, this is very interesting, Greg, because again, um, vaccine mandates. You know, let me just say before I even read this, what's interesting is some of the I didn't realize, and again, until I begin to look into a little bit more, really what they're giving this shot doesn't even fit the definition of the traditional vaccine. A traditional vaccine is where you give someone a either dead portion of a, a real virus or a live portion of a real virus, and it causes your body to create immunities based on that. Yes. What this is is an mRNA, a messenger RNA that is built as synthetic. It's made in the lab. It goes into your body, and it tells part of your body that it, that it is corona. Some of its cells corona. So the body itself begins to fight against these corona cells to build up immunity against a foreign agent that's in there, but it's not really a vaccine. So what we're getting is actually more of just a shot of mRNA. It's not a vaccine. Now, that that may sound like a technicality, but that's kind of big. We've never done this before. Well, that's big in the aspect, and I know we don't want to get sidetracked on that, that's big in the aspect that if that that messenger RNA drug is telling the body that there are cells in the body that are coronavirus and you need to attack it yeah how does it know which cells to pick yeah yeah and where in the body is it picking it yeah like a vacant lot in your body where hey i'm not building anything there anyway uh let's go ahead and and tell my body to attack that empty space it's just supposed to recognize it as as you know um the enemy or whatever and not allow it to take hold so that's kind of the idea but we don't know what the long term is going to be that's the problem and let me be fair to vaccine then we have the official merriam webster it says a preparation that is administered as by injection to stimulate the body's immune response against a specific infectious agent, such as, um, um, and it gives a list of such as polio vaccine. Um, it says many vaccines are made from the virus itself, either weakened or killed, which will induce the antibodies to bind and kill the live virus. Measles vaccine vaccines are just that. Um, again, the bottom line is traditionally, okay, there may be some loop around that it could be classified in some strange way. I want to be careful as a vaccine. But traditional vaccine, this does not meet the definition of a traditional vaccine. And that is something where you have part of the virus put in there. And so that's the concern. What is this thing going to do when it's in your body? But let me just read some of this. As a coalition of leading medical groups is calling for all health care, long-term care workers to be forced to receive the COVID-19 vaccine in response to a recent surge of coronavirus cases. Again, we're talking about now the mindset of the mark, forcing this world participation. Uh, Though more than 160 million Americans have been fully vaccinated against COVID, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported coronavirus cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are rising. Um, uh, Again, as the highly contagious Delta variant spreads. Now, what they're saying about the Delta variant, it is it is more contagious, but it's weaker. It seems to be what they're saying at this point. On July 16th, CDC Director uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky said 99% of the virus uh, patients are those that haven't been vaccinated. Due to the recent COVID-19 surge and the availability of safe and effective vaccines, our healthcare organizations and societies advocate that all healthcare workers get the shot. The coalition concludes that American Medical Association uh, and others... Uh, that this is the the proper course of action. Requiring vaccination for employment is the logical fulfillment of the ethical commitment for all healthcare workers to put patients as well as residents of long-term care um, first and take all steps necessary to ensure their health and well-being. Vaccine mandates are highly controversial and unpopular. Get this. A recent poll found that 71% of Americans oppose forcing people to take a COVID vaccine. That's 7 out of 10 say you should not be making people do this. 
against their will. Um, and they say officials continue to suggest that such mandates are necessary to overcome vaccine hesitancy. Here's the bottom line. Uh, to force people to do it. <laughs> That's not helping them overcome it. Yeah, it's forcing them to do it. Uh, the reality is most people, the majority of people saying, look, we don't want this. We don't want you to force it. But now we're already seeing the headwinds of the Antichrist, that spirit of the Antichrist. Not that the vaccine is the mark. I do not believe it is. But the headwinds saying forcing a community and a world to do something beyond their will. And this vaccine, again, is something that is not tested. I mean, it's not proven. It's not even, it's still not approved by the FDA, Greg. We have to realize that. Okay, U.S. Department, you, you, you link these two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, and, yeah. And, and then the other article, because well, we're talking yes, about the U.S. The same, Department of Affairs, issue. right? Yeah. So the, the first one is to require it. So yes. the, the Veterans Affairs announced Monday it'll require healthcare employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 within the next two months. Um, whenever a veteran or a VA employee sets foot in a VA facility, they deserve to know that we've done everything in our power to protect them. The Veterans Affairs vaccine mandate applies to all frontline healthcare staff, like doctors, nurses, and dentists, uh, the department said President Joe Biden confirmed the new policy. The vaccine requirement will affect roughly 340,000 workers. Now, why is this so interesting? There is such a push, Greg, for everyone to get this vaccine when in reality, in much of those they're pushing it, there's no science for it whatsoever. Let me just state something out. I, I said earlier to you guys before the show, many people don't realize this, but for children 18 years and under, Without pre-existing conditions, let me qualify this, without pre-existing conditions, there are zero deaths from COVID of those 18 and under over the last year and a half. Now, some of you are going, wait, we've heard about people that died that were under 18. Yes, it did. There's actually 344, I think, recorded. Somewhere around 347. But what I'm saying is, without uh, conditions already in place. In other words, without some... Like they've got other medical issues calling, that made them more susceptible calling, to the fatality of COVID. Comorbidities, yes. as yes. they're called. Yes. Comorbidities. In other words, you have a pre-existing condition, whether it be diabetes, whether it be cancer, whether it be whatever, there's yeah. something wrong. But note this. If you take out the children, okay, those 344 all had comorbidities. They all had something already seriously wrong with them. If you take those 344 out, out that had problems, what the science is showing is... We have had zero deaths among children 18 and under in America from COVID-19 since it started. Now, with that fact in place, not one death of a healthy child. That's the way to put it. There's not been one death of a healthy child in America. Why are we making all of our children get vaccines? Why are we pushing vaccines on all of our children? Why are we saying the kids to go back to school, we need a vaccine. They want to vaccinate babies and infants. They're not getting sick. They're not dying. They're not, there's no threat whatsoever. So when you see this push, my concern is there's, there's, there's a push for these vaccinations that is beyond the normal reasoning and logic. And the science, if they want to talk about science, is not matching up with it. As a matter of fact, Greg, did you know that they're using, a, 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 I think, 30, if you don't have something over 37% of the actual COVID-19 virus in your system, it won't even, it won't even show up. I mean, it, it, it's, it's dead virus. It doesn't mean anything. They're using a 40% standard to see in your testing if you have a virus. 37% down, they say, is all dead. That doesn't really matter. So they're using 3 to 4%. I know I'm getting into science stuff that may not, be, it may not be easy to follow on the radio. The reality is, even with all the testing of those that are saying they have COVID, it is a tiny, tiny percentage that we can even verify have, have COVID-19 because COVID is in everything. There's multiple COVID viruses. There are five in America right now. Four of them are not COVID-19. It is a common foundation for the common cold. So you've got COVID, COVID in people all over America right now, COVID-19 being one of them. And they're saying that if you could, the test they're giving will show COVID and it could be dead COVID. It could be live COVID. I mean, there's so much coming out now that just, we, you know, we've had questions yeah. about the numbers. Greg, there's so much coming out now. This is from, we're talking FDA, CDC. We're not talking about the Nanu Nanu websites. We're talking about official government stats coming out that are bringing great question on the whole push. Why is this being so aggressively pushed when really it's not lining up with what we're seeing in the science? Well, I think we're going to talk about that in more detail uh, ne- next week. Yes, we But that's will. okay. We <laughs> we'll just plow through the rest of the articles yes, today, but yes. uh, that, that's a teaser for next week. Yes. Okay, uh, foxnews.com, Pastor Mark, uh, reporting that some college students say that they won't root for Team USA at the Olympics because they don't like being an American. Wow. And and in wow. really, in the, and the reason why and I asked for this article to be uh, uh, put in here, only because it speaks to the tearing down of 
nationalism That's and it. how that is a prophetic significant thing. You to nailed it, Greg. Some U.S. college students are refusing to root for Team USA as the Tokyo Olympics, opting to cheer for individual athletes instead of their home country. Campus Reform spoke with students at the University of South Florida ahead of last week's opening ceremony, with several voicing their support for American athletes who chose to protest their country on the world stage. And I quote, I don't like being American either. My thing is leave. Leave. Leave, 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 leave. Why is there no free health care? Uh, Listen to what they're saying. Why is I there know. no free health care? You know, why can't I get free food, free uh, lunch, free ice cream? Grow up, you little baby. I'm sorry. Let's go on. Why are so many people <laughs> suffering because of housing? Another quote. I'm not going to be rooting for any team because it's just some country that I live in. Another said, patriotism shouldn't be that strong. I was saying, look, I'm not going to support my family. It just happened to be their children, and I live here. You know, Campus Reform correspondent uh, uh, Jacob Ophelia Jacobson, who conducted the interviews, told Fox and Friends Thursday that many of the students she talked to were not enthusiastic about the games or rooting for their country. It's sad to see my generation lose all hope and interest in portraying American excellence on the global stage. Uh, U.S. adults' pride in being American remains well below levels seen before 2017, according to a Gallup poll. Jacobson points the finger at anti-American sentiment. No kidding. Permeating college campuses across the country. Nowhere else in the world are our citizens taught to hate their own country, Jacobson explained. Listen. Our universities are completely corrupt at this point, Greg. I believe that. I would not recommend anybody going to a university. And I know the moms out there are going, oh, no, you can't say that. My child, education. I'm seriously saying, I believe we're so corrupted in our American education system, there's no reforming it. Your children will be tainted if they go, and it's going to be a problem. I just stated what it's, I think we shouldn't go. I think we shouldn't send our kids. Get them higher education. Find some Christian institutions that you can still believe in. Send them there. There are ways to get higher education without being the normal colleges. But it is becoming a bastion of just nonsense. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's total lunacy what's going on. Yeah. And, um, anyway, you know it, Greg. Let me yeah. get back to the main point yes. you made. Here's our prophetic signs of the times point. In order for the world to become a one-world government, all national boundaries need to be dissolved. All national sovereignty uh, uh, allegiances need, yeah. need to be resolved. And get rid of the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, etc. And almost go, we are one world, one government, uh, the whole one thing. You see the, the headwinds of it in that song that goes back to the we are the world. Yeah. That's what's happening. This just shows that they're being effective. Uh, the demonic move to do this, yeah. as well as the mindset of America. It's amazing. Resolve to dissolve. Yep, there you go. All right, uh, let's just uh, plow through a couple of pestilent plagues, disaster, and corruption stories, Pastor Mark. Because uh, this is just a continual theme that we're seeing as the earth groans awaiting for the Lord's return. Yes. Uh, Yahoo.com reporting a water crisis is creating nightmare conditions across the Middle East. And Fox News reporting that an earthquake recorded off of Alaska here recently, and they did lift the tsunami advisories. Yeah, again, the wars of the future, they've been saying for a long time in the Middle East, will be over water rather than oil. And, Greg, that is happening. There's a true crisis of water. There's always been, and now it's getting worse and worse. Uh, this year in particular, water's been more worrying, scarcely resources, wars, uh, crumbled infrastructure. In some instances, unprecedented economic collapses have led to rolling power outages that have become disastrous when coupled with record high temperatures. It has sparked unrest in countries from Sudan to Iran, triggered cross-border conflicts. It's only going to get worse, they say. You'll find it surprising. Um, it is Lebanon perched on the Mediterranean that is uniquely desertless for this part of the world and instead rich with mountains, forests, lakes, and streams that is the latest nation dealing with the water crisis. On Friday, the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, warned that the Lebanese water supply system is on the verge of complete collapse. In just a few weeks, 4 million people, including 1 million refugees, are at risk of losing access to safe water because water pumping will gradually cease across the country. So again, the bottom line is you're going to see famines, thirst, starvation, as you said, talking about that. Greg, this is one you mentioned already, but huge. This earthquake that hit Alaska on Wednesday, 8.2 magnitude. That is gigantic. Gigantic. That is gigantic. Again, they were worried about tsunami warnings. Uh, the tsunami warnings were lifted. There weren't any tsunamis. But again, when you see these this level of earthquake, yeah. remember in the last days, earthquakes will increase, and they will be massive because the contractions will be larger uh, when we come to that. So, yeah, linking those together, keep your eye on what's happening in the world because we're going to be seeing more of the earth groaning. And it's not because of people and climate change. It, the climate may be changing, but it's not because of people. It is God as we head into the last days and the world groaning for the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Uh, church article for the week. Pastor Mark comes from the Western Journal. 
Facebook getting involved in religion as it signs a contract with a megachurch in Atlanta as the platform's director of global faith partnerships reveals what's coming. Yeah, very interesting. What is, is coming? Well, this is interesting, Greg, and this is really comes into line a lot with what's been happening with COVID. So I want to comment on this. Very clearly, according to a Sunday article in New York Times, again, uh, by faith and politics reporter Elizabeth Diaz, ahead of Hillsong's Atlanta's opening, developers working for Facebook regularly met with Pastor Sam Collier to explore ways through which, in Diaz's words, the platform can help churches go further, farther on Facebook. <laughs> by complying. There you go. Yes. But this is interesting. Look what they're, <laughs> look what they're talking about doing now. Again, in June, according to the Times, the church put out a statement saying, it was partnering with Facebook. First of all, any church partnering with Facebook, I have concerns because Facebook is not a Christian or God-centered uh, entity. They're anti-God. He says, since then, they started posting live streams on church services exclusively on Facebook. So we're going to give our live stream to Facebook. This will all come into play in, clearly in end-time in stuff in a moment. In recent years, the platform has been building partnerships with religious organizations of varying sizes from tiny to large. The corona pandemic provided an excellent opportunity for social media platforms to improve. It did. We did that here ourselves. Facebook, Zoom, YouTube. Our hope is that one day people will host religious services in virtual reality spaces as well. Uh, or use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children the story of faith. According to the Times, the Presbyterian Church USA is getting involved in this. So now you see them getting involved. That's a very liberal church. Again, notice who's getting involved here with Facebook. Um, the technology has created in the lives of our people a quickness, this idea that we can call and just show up at Target and park my car. This one pastor said, I don't like this. You're not really in church, he's saying. Mm-mm. Some critics focused on the nature of the platform rather than the philosophical or theological issues underlying the phenomenon of hosting churches virtually. Questions around how this relationship between religious groups and big tech, here's the deal, will play out remain mostly unanswered. Big tech is notorious for censoring and shadow banning conservative voices. Here's the bottom line. Churches are saying, let's link up with these internet things in case we can't have church, and we'll do all of our church through that so people can watch from home. First of all, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of believers together, especially as you see the day approaching. That's what the enemy wants to do. God says, you need to be in person. You don't need to be watching it on TV. You don't need to be watching it online. That's a good supplement. That is not your main meal. You've got to do it. That's number one. The second thing is, do you think these companies that don't like God and don't support God and are anti-God, if we put all of our resources in getting the message out through them, you think they're not going to start shutting out what they want to shut out and shut us down when they want to shut us down foolish mistake use the resources that are there but we need to be meeting in person in obedience to god's word and the message goes out in power all right pastor mark our last article for the day comes from israel 365 news.com reporting on something called project december yeah resurrecting the dead freaky. through artificial intelligence please explain yeah, this is freaky but may come in with the antichrist in the last days a chat website called project december offers unusual services resurrecting deceased loved ones Though some may see this as a precursor to the post-Messiah resurrection of the dead, Torah, experts are not convinced. The site is basically a text-generated system that allows you to craft your own artificial intelligence personalities from scratch. (laughs) By consuming massive databases of human-created text, GPT-3 can imitate human writing, conducting chat-like conversations with humans. Uh, users can select from a range of built-in chat bots, each with their distinct style of texting, or they can design their own bots, giving them whatever personality they choose. Early testers recreated uh, the evil computer from the movie 2001 Space Odyssey. How? A sheep, Loki, the god of the mischief, a god of mischief featured in the villain of the Marvel uh, um, Avengers movies, a lunatic, an architect from the Matrix movie, Lucifer, and even Project December's creator, Jason Rohrer. A similar project was used to recreate Jesus. Mm. But a recent article in the San Francisco Chronicle revealed another potential pitfall of the hyper-advanced chat box. The article related the story of Joshua Barbeau, a 33-year-old Canadian freelance writer who was so depressed and became a recluse after his fiancée passed away from a rare liver disease. Eight years later, he was still mourning. And I quote, intellectually, he created his, his, his fiancée so he could talk to her. Now, she's not real. It's a machine, but look how freaky this is. And I quote, intellectually, I know it's not really Jessica. He explained later, but your emotions are not an intellectual thing. Grief has a way of becoming knots in your body. Sometimes when you pull on them the right way, they get a knot. He's saying, look, it's helping me to deal with it by talking to my dead fiance. That's not really even there. Now, first of all, I agree for this guy and this technology is freaky, but how does this come into a signs of the times? 
Remember, there's going to be an image placed on the Temple Mount by the Antichrist that will be able to breathe and speak and seem alive. Um, is it going to be artificial intelligence so the Antichrist can be anywhere in the world but speak to the world via CNN or the major news networks, you know, right there through this um, artificial intelligence and seems so real. He's there. He will be him speaking through it. But we're getting conditioned now to be ready to have messages from those again. And, and again, it would appear, Greg, he's going to possibly seem like he's going to die and come back to life. Talk about resurrecting. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this is all going to come into play. But this all deals with, I think, the last days and this getting ready for possibly this image on the Temple Mount. Wow. Well, one thing's for certain, Pastor Mark, that we've learned tangibly over the last year is that God designed us to interface with each other person to person, physical physical that's right not through screens and handheld devices real facetime real facetime <laughs> so we encourage you to get some real facetime in the church of your choice this weekend fellowship with your brothers and sisters and come back and fellowship with us even though we can't be there with you in person we'll take us virtually next friday at 1 30 as we discuss more signs of the times right here on wiam have a great weekend Bravery lets you do things you never imagined possible. It's what you need to begin your walk with God. It delivers confidence in following. Bravery is the decision you can embrace when God says to stand firm, be bold, don't be afraid. Bravery banishes worry, anxiety, panic. If bravery is the strength you need, then you need to know that this is God's gift to you. Only God can offer the bravery you need. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Begin the 